touch, my baby My poor old-fashioned baby I said, baby, baby, baby You're out of time Welcome again to the Strange Brew podcast. My name's Jason Barnard and that was Steve Harley and his new single, Out of Time, from his brilliant uncovered album. I've got the great pleasure today to welcome Steve. Welcome, Steve. Hello. First of all, you've got a a really great new single out, Out of Time, which obviously is uh, your interpretations of a uh, Jagger Richards classic. You've gone a bit more blues and, and soulful on that? Yeah, well, the whole album, Uncovered album, is entirely acoustic strings. There's no keyboard, not a note, not a, nothing electric. So it's all acoustic and it's all strings. 
And Martin Simpson is a um, master of roots music and open tune guitar playing, claw hammer. He's a total master, Martin. Once I got him on board, he's an idol of mine. It meant an awful lot to me. And he's a bottleneck specialist. And every now and again, we'd be grooving. I mean, that's a good rhythm section, double bass and jazz drummer. And they're swinging, they really swing. And Martin has a way of just listening. He doesn't offer up very much at all to start. We'd all be driving this new track every day, two or three tracks a day sometimes. Before, and you see his mind whirring, the machine, the cogs turning. Eventually, he just picks up one of his guitars, a little acoustic guitar. And then, without of time, he got the groove and he just said, bottleneck, slide. So that's what you mean, it's slightly blues. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I've sent all nine of those songs, those interpretations. They've all gone to the writers. I've heard back from most of them, but I haven't heard from Sir Nick. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, and, and it's an album that's had such a, a great reception and it's a different take on things. Um, I really like your version of Emma by Hot Chocolate, which some people would think was a bit of a left-field choice, but such a strong track. It's a great song. Everyone bar none, I think. When they learnt that I was doing it or had recorded it, was, really? They think of it as bubblegum, one of Mickey Mouse's Mickey Mouse top 20 pop hits. Well, it's a terrible, sad, heartbreaking story of suicide in a young person and depression. It's got a lot, a lot going on in there. Er- Errol was a terrifically bright man, very, very good writer. And... Um, yeah, they were. Everyone was surprised, but then once you hear me interpret hmm. the story, I think it's clear to people that come on, there's more going on in here than we we ever thought. Yeah, and with the gospel singers in there, I'm really proud of it. I love playing it on stage. We've done nine shows. An angel could be anything Emmeline Emma, Emmeline I'm gonna write your name High on that silver screen Emmeline Emma, Emma, Emmeline Gonna make you the biggest star This world has ever seen We were wet Worked day and night to earn our daily bread And every day Emma would go out searching for that play That never ever came her way 
gonna make you the biggest star this world has ever seen. Yeah. These are songs that you've been sort of long-time favourites of yours. Yeah, they're, they're all songs that I've been playing at home. Even The Long Pigs, which is from the 90s. I've been playing that ever since it was in the top t- top 10 in the mid-90s. I knew it was a special piece of work. You don't, I, I, it was one of those rare moments when it was on like, the radio. I, wherever I was driving, I heard it, heard it, I would pull over and whack the sound system up. Yeah, and there's a sort of parallel between that and Emma in the in in their own different ways. They're both heartfelt, emotional tracks. Yeah, very very sad. I mean, we sent it to Crispin and he 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 got it uh, on his iPhone and he played it in a hotel room in New York. He went with his son in February, or early March, and he he wrote back immediately. And it was just so stirring. His words, you know, the same with Cat Stevens, the use of how can I tell you? Yusuf wrote back to me within hours of receiving. And I wasn't looking for compliments. I, I, I just simply wanted all the writers of these great songs mm. to be aware that I'd made an interpretation of their work. And I don't need to. I've published 140 songs myself. But they do write back because we're a bit of a club, you know? You respect it. You, know, you respect each other, songwriters. It's interesting. Mm. KT Tunstall writes to me quite often. Eddie Reader and uh, Jim Kerr. 
people, like-minded people. That I, and I don't really mix in the music business at all. I'm a real outsider. I mean, I live in the countryside in Suffolk. I'm only a rock star when that light hits me. I look like a geography teacher crystal time. <laughs> but these people, I've met them, the names, you know, I've met them, and you, you, you just click because there is a mutual respect. There's no question at all. Yeah, Yusuf said the nicest thing about how can I tell you. He said, you got to the heart of it. And you can't say a kind of expression to a, to a performer of your lyrics, but you got to the heart of it. I knew exactly what he meant. It means the world to me, to be honest. Yeah, you, you took that track and, and it's like an original version again, if that makes sense. It's, it's a part of you. Yeah, what mattered, Jason, was every time I started a track in the studio, I'd say to the musicians, we've got to make this sound like we're a band and I can do that. I've put, I've put mm. them together. And we've got to make it sound like I wrote it. <laughs> I have to make a new interpretation. It mustn't be a cover. I'm going to sing it as though I own it. I have to sing it like it's mine, no question. And that was, that's the goal. It's quite a high bar that you set. It had to be that way. And that's what I told my engineer, Matt Butler. And the stakes are high. I don't want to release covers, interpretations, and have people laugh at me and say, why did you bother? You know, Because hmm. I've heard 120, out of 120 made me smile covers. I've heard about 15 of them. And frankly, half a dozen of them I've heard are just replicas of the original. And I'm like, why did you bother? But some are wonderful, of course they are, but the wonderful ones are those that were, where they use their imagination. Is that the wedding present? Well, the widows I love very much. I'm a big fan of their punk rock version of Make Me Smile. That's finger-poking. <laughs> that's a finger-poking version. Duran Duran did it. Very, very interesting. Rhodes produced a really clever version for them. Yeah. And I assume uh, Uncovered, uh, in terms of getting that together, was it a quick process? Yeah. In terms of recording it? Yeah, something wonderful happened down at Rockfield. It was weird to be amongst players that we hadn't met each other. I'd met Martin a couple of times. Rhythm section were players whose work I knew really well, great jazz players. And Barry Wickens, who is a dear friend, he's been with me for 35 years or something. Yeah, something wonderful happened. You know, suddenly you wake up and you're cooking eggs and bacon with guys you barely know. <laughs> and you're at a table having dinner with them. We had a chef come in each, each evening. She would prepare dinner, proper, proper chef. And to sit down with a bottle of wine and all these lovely guys, they're all of an age. They're mostly younger than me, but they're not youngsters. <laughs> and if you've got a successful career in this business, if you're successful and people are calling you and you're never out of work, you're going to be a good guy. You're going to be a decent egg. The petulant ones, the bad-tempered ones, the miserable ones, we don't want them around us. They don't get called back. So everyone around me, I cherry-pick. But those that have, as I say, have longevity in their career, they're going to be decent people. Yeah. I've met so many. You do a festival or a charity performance with lots of different artists and you all meet you meet you just meet and say hello and there's a, as i said earlier there's this clubby mutual respect they're always you know you meet someone that's music whose music you've got no interest in whatsoever you know just a different world i mean like uh, could be a boy band they meet me and they're saying cracky my dad turned me on to your music and well that's nice to you hmm. I, of course i'm not 
can't say much about them. I don't know much about them. Boys own or take that. But what I do know is that they're good people, decent, nice guys. You know, yeah. Everyone I meet is like that. And so it was inspirational and therefore it went, worked quickly. Yeah, such good players, full of ideas. Once Martin Simpson got going each t- on each track, once he locked in, he just did, never ran out of ideas. Keep saying, can I pick the bottleneck up? Can I try another tuning? You know, yeah, go, go do it. Go do it. Let's see what you've got. Because hmm. I like to share, you know, I'm, I'm the manager, I'm the director, but I, I'm really keen to hear what other people get their input, delegate. herself on the one love the one that most of us live without and dressed for the occasion day after day forgives herself when it don't come I have always found it easier to dream about it careful of the stitches Insisted there was more than this But I lost myself I cannot speak To live by myself I'm far too weak I've lost myself I cannot sleep To live by myself I'm far too Bold as hell for the one love The one that most of us read about And caressed all the persuaders Day after day Believes herself when it don't come By the things you're saying Easier to turn the blame in Careful of the stitches Insisted there was more than this But I lost myself I cannot speak To live by myself I'm far too weak I've lost myself I cannot sleep To live by myself I'm far too weak scream about Dressed for the occasion Day after day Hearts are warm but it's burned she wants I have always found it Easier to skirt around it Careful of the stitches Insisted there was more than this But I lost myself 
I cannot speak to live by myself. I'm far too weak. I've lost myself. I cannot sleep to live by myself. I'm far too weak. Soon as time has gone on, you, you've been more obviously more comfortable in the studio and sort of clear about what you want. How would that compare to when you first went into the studio and you, I think you were sort of in your early 20s and there was Sebastian, a huge orchestration. It must have been quite a, a different experience as a sort of young young man. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> and such it, a um, big production. It turned my head a little for a while. I mean, I was 22 and I was at Abbey Road, the 40-piece orchestra, 20-piece choir, on my three-chord song called Sebastian. Hmm. And then Death Trip, which was a mega piece that you know, I was about three different songs I was writing, and I just put them all together as sections and called it one song. And to hear an, them orchestrated to that size, you know, you wouldn't do it today. You can get, no one gets the chance today, apart from, say, Michael Bublé or someone who's a specialist at that. They not on a rock record at all. Yeah, it was a very special time. I mean, to this day, I've got three, at least three hats I wear. It's interesting. My, my live touring life is fantastically varied. Uh, there's been the, the, the acoustic trio for 20 to 15 years, which is now an acoustic four-piece yeah. with the guitar and with the acoustic band. There's that, which I really love because there's lots of improvisation. You never know where it's going to go on the stage. Then there's the Cockney Rebel, tour and uh, festivals the rock band six to eight piece on stage and then we still play with the orchestra and choir we've done six of those first two albums six times and there's 57 people on stage <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting life and uh, i'm sad to say that it's all just ground to a halt because of the bug mm. we managed nine shows in february and march before it all got uh, stops in its tracks next year's busy though if boris allows if we're allowed
Thank you. 
one of the people I've spoken to relatively recent was Alan Parsons. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. I'm such a, a, a great producer. I've also spoken to Jeff Emery. Oh. Both of them seem to give the space to artists yeah. to do their thing in the studio and then support them. I guess that comes ultimately from George Martin. Yeah, they both they both worked a lot like George Martin. When I was 22 years old and EMI said, your engineer is Jeff Emmerich, pardon? <laughs> was just a, to us, he was a total legend from the Beatles. And then, you know, for, for three weeks, at Air Studios in London and a bit of Abbey Road, the first album, we, we were very funny. We were young. We had a, this open checkbook that blank check practically from EMI. And we had Jeff in fits of laughter day after day after day. He used to sweat profusely under the arms when he was giggling <laughs> our madness. And uh, then after that, it was Alan Parsons with me. Yeah. And Alan was fantastic. Uh, you know, I was still crazy then. I, I rewrote a lot of the rules. I didn't follow the rule book of, of blues and rock music. I came out of another place and um, I thought with a different head and Alan was great. He was pretty mainstream, but he could see that I was Mr. Soft and songs that were, I said I wanted a, a, a drone plane song, backing vocals. <laughs> that, that was on Death Trip, but I wanted that on Mr. Soft. The Mike Sam's singers came in, <laughs> Mr. Soft. But a lot of those are crazy lyrics with strange production ideas a lot of it's alan but when i was nuts and wanted to chop the tape up and stuff he always went with me mr soft turn around and bust the world to watch the things you're going Everything so cool Coming on that Mr. Cool Paint your face and shut the gate No one's coming home till late Don't you know Life gets tedious enough Without this extra crutch to bear so slow Shift your ideas Make your mind up in a jiffy Let's be fair We'll all be taking off tonight Turn off your eyes and shut the lights Oh, you're the most You're so unreal We'd all be dead without your spiel Ooh,
waters and play Jesus for a day. You begin to hear them mumble. Spot the star man rough and tumble. Fight the good fight, sting your axe, and watch the speaker beat the packs. Help me back, Alan, and I've never, never forgotten that. Did he remember it with fondness working with us? He was incredibly proud of of that period where he had a number one with "Make Me Smile," and I think there was there was "Pilot" as well, and there was I think there was one more. Yeah, January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make me smile, and, and Al, Al Stewart. Yes, he he just remembers that period very fondly of, of, of a great period of creativity and obviously commercial success. I've heard that he. He made a suggestion to the original version of Make Me Smile where it was originally slower and it was sped up. Yeah, when I went in, I used to go into Abbey Road every morning with a new song because by the end of midnight when we finished, we hadn't completed the song. We hadn't done all the overdubs and stuff. And I would start a new one every day. I'd sit the guys around in like a semicircle around the grand piano and uh, play the piano or the guitar to show them the basis of the song. And I sat there and went, You've done it all. You know, it's my own style of guitar playing. Mm. And I hadn't written the middle eight, the 12 bar break in the middle where the guitar solo goes over. I hadn't written those chords. And uh, yeah, Alan came down and just said, Do you want to? Stuart Elliott was there. And uh, he said, um, Why don't you try it a bit quicker? Uh, so Elliott sat at the drum kit started that mid-tempo backbeat, which Jim Cregan and I started to strum along to, giving it a very much an acoustic rock feel, sort of soft rock feel to it. Yeah, I think I, I, think I took a pull for a couple of hours and said, just uh, go and get some breakfast, guys. And I started to put it all together in my head and on paper. Mm. And in that time, I wrote the extra chords down to the E minor. So those chords on those 16 bars, I think it's 16, I said 12, I think it's 16 bars. But that section is nothing to do with the rest of the song. <laughs> <laughs> completely a little block that's taken out and plonked in there, fitted in like Lego. I said to Alan one afternoon, I'm going to get Phil Kenzie in to play an, an alto or tenor saxophone solo on that. Ah, great idea. Phil, Phil and a brilliant player. Mm. Cregan said, you don't find deferential, quiet, shy, and retiring league guitarists. There is no such no. thing. They don't exist. They're all flamboyant and ego-mad. Jim, Jim's the nicest guy in the world. And he, he said, can you let me try that on the acoustic guitar? He had a beautiful one. Uh, he's still got it. It's um, D35 Martin. And, yeah, a few hours later, we'd finished that solo, although Jim never played it. He doesn't like me to tell me. <laughs> It's three different solos that Alan and I put together by cutting them in and out, switching the switches. So Jim had to, re had to learn his own solo once it was recorded, you know. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Alan's partly responsible for it. And then uh, he and I worked very well together. 
we were both flowing with ideas. We were young and it was all exciting. You've done it all. As a songwriter and in productions, you just took 
I don't know if you, you want to use the term risks, but the follow-up to Make Me Smile was Mr. Raffles. I mean, again, um, there's not many artists, maybe sort of early Roxy music, where you just make a left turn in terms of releases. You just follow your muse. Very idiosyncratic. Yeah, I suppose. Thank you. I suppose that's a compliment. I mean, they are. They are. <laughs> <laughs> I really was... EMI also put up with me. They were very kind and... They, were, they weren't much older than me, the guys, the executives, but, well, they were. They were 10 years old or more. Hmm. But they, they were kind. They, they let me have my way, my, my freedom. They never said much negative until, no, they didn't. No, I had a, it, was a, it was a great time. I mean, we were making an, al- an album a year and then touring with it. It was a mad, mad time in the 70s. Absolutely crazy. I had a quiet 80s. <laughs> I took most of the 80s on. It was me. 
I think one of your final chart hits was I Believe Love's a Prima Donna. Very inventive track as well. But I guess that was starting to be challenged by the sort of the punk scene and, and other things coming along. I assume it was just harder to get chart success given things the music scene changed in fashion. Everyone has their day and their time, their period in history. I just carried on carrying on. I, I, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Behind us came punk rock. Mickey Most, I was with Mickey and he just said, yeah, it's all right. Said, but it'll never take the place of music. and my dear friend Mark Bolan was much more of a chameleon than myself and much more of a sponge and Mark took on the damned on tour last shows were the damned were the support band well I would never have done that that was Mark didn't believe in this you know he didn't believe in the damned Mark was a thoroughly brilliant musician Mm. punk rock he just jumped on its bandwagon he didn't mind. He, had no, he hadn't got the pride to say, I'm not interested in that. Whereas I, I was saying, I, Malcolm McLaren even picked on me in public, saying that EMI had dumped the Sex Pistols because of Steve Harley. And I, it was just nonsense. I remember saying, hmm. he's a liar and he'll get his. That was my exact quote. I'm a great fatalist and I'm quite religious, but I said, he'll get his because he used me. McLaren used me as his whipping boy. I, I did, A, I didn't have any influence at EMI. The fact that I didn't like the Sex Pistols, did I? I never said I didn't like the Sex Pistols. I, would never, I never said anything. Hmm. certainly didn't say it was wonderful and a breath of fresh air. I didn't, I was no, uh, I, I, I didn't suck up to it, not a bit. Yeah. But uh, McLaren said that's why EMI dumped them, because I was complaining about them being on the label. What a load of nonsense. I didn't have the influence and I wouldn't have cared anyway.
has a right to be free And the woman I need is a mischievous freak Don't wanna live in a stew That's what most lovers do It's like escaping the sun one of the things that that always holds true is is great songs and as we go into the 90s your career really got sort of reactivated and a track like uh, that's my life in your hands um, seems to be a bit of a, a standard of yours now and that, that came out of that 90s period it did didn't it uh, yeah 96 97 yeah. yeah built on solid stone not 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 grains of sand you know, I, I, I'm, you just, I'm dreaming a little, drifted then, because um, I haven't sung that on stage for a lot of years. But it's a good record, isn't it? Jang, 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 ja, ja, jang, ja, 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 ja. Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of time for it. Interesting. Caving in And the world falling out Hope seems a stranger Shackled and doubt I feel I'm entitled In no way obliged To save you from drowning In the sea in my eyes that's my life in your hands So that's no way to talk That's my life in your hands Built on solid rock Not grains of sand Your hands build 
I must ask you about A Friend for Life. I mean, I've previously spoken to, to Jim Cregan. You co-wrote that with him, and, and I think you've do, obviously released it on yourself, but obviously Jim Cregan is also well-known for working extensively with Rod Stewart, and, and Rod Stewart's done a brilliant version of that as well. Yeah, well, the, the, I wrote the tune with Jim over in Los Angeles when he lived there, and I had to come home. I was there for about five days, and... Uh, I got off the air. We, we both knew we'd got something really lovely. It was all la, la, la. We had the melody. We knew we'd got something a bit interesting. And I got off the plane at Heathrow, what's that, 10 hours? And I'd had a hot, at least a whole bottle of Chardonnay to myself. No sleep. I got off the plane. As soon as I was through, I got my cell phone switched on. And I called him and said, I've written the words. Hmm. We knew we were going to call it a friend for life. That's about all we had. And we had, I'll tell you what I had before I got, left Los Angeles. I said to him, catch is, there's no catch at all. And he said, wow, where'd you get that from? And I said, I don't know where it comes from, Jim. You know what I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I'll find a place for it. And, you know, it's in the last verse of the song. And the catch is, no catch at all. What I'm saying to you, is completely honest. I need a friend for life. I need a soulmate. You want, you want, you want, you want, what's the catch? Well, the catch is no catch at all. And that's it. And I go off and said, I've written the lyrics. And he said, what, like, can you type it out and email it to me? The draft. Said, it's not a draft, Jim. <laughs> and you know, to this day, I haven't changed a word, not a beat. Not a beat. And just like that. And uh, I think when you lock in and you know that you want to say something to somebody, I'd never written it until then. A real, yes, I'd written one. I'd written Love Compared With You mm. on the Love's Prima Donna album. That was the only direct love song I'd ever written to A Friend for Life. When Rod reads my, my words, his reading at times is just brings tears to my eyes. And yeah. I don't mean I cry all the way to the bank. It's yeah. It's his way of expressing a certain line that's absolutely nothing like I sang. Mm. And I'm listening. I listen and think, crikey, where did you get that from? Or what's the point of asking? Because he's a soul singer, mm. and so it comes from his soul. It just comes from inside. He doesn't think, oh, how can I work that song of Harley's? You know, he, he, Steve's written this. Uh, he didn't like when I offered it to him ten years earlier. Though, 
he recorded it. I offered it to him. I said, this is right up your street. He said, no, I don't get it. I don't get it. Meaning, he said, you know, what's it? I'll, I'll, I'll paint walls and feed your cats. I said, you, what's wrong with that? If you, Tom Waits had given it to you, you'd sing it. Hmm. <laughs> I guess he's great. Maybe he's He'd finally reached the moment in his life where it was right for him. Yeah, yeah. It, it happened to him, I think, with, with, with Penny. And when the, the two boys became five and six years, seven or eight years old, whatever, I think he was hearing it again. He found it on his computer and he listened and thought, crikey, now I know what Steve was talking about. You know, you, this, is what you, this is what you say to a, to a woman. This is what you say. I'll give you a sign. Give me asylum. I'll paint walls, I'll feed the cats, whatever it takes. There's simple domestic duties. Nothing wrong with that. Because the romance is there as well. Because he ends up, he ends up, he, he, he resolves by saying, after all these domestic sim, simple lines, he resolves with, I'll be your one night stand. You know, it doesn't really get more romantic. I know women who hear me sing that on stage. I know about hundreds of we hear this all the time and I they right, they all think they're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> we hear from hundreds in a year they'll say, I have to get my handkerchief out or I want to leave the room when Steve says that, you know? Brilliant. It's beautiful. It's, it's lovely as we get older, it's lovely to be part of people's lives and know that you affect them. It's, it's a very lovely feeling. <laughs> smoke-filled glass on a desperate night when the sole of my shoe lets in rain when the heart's tired of running and the milk's gone sour will your feelings still be the same When the match won't light So the flames don't tremble And the years are condemning us too I'll need a soulmate to hold me And a friend for life And I'm hoping it might I think of life as a chance not taken Or as a compromise tinged with regret When the kids leave for breeding And the TV's kid Will you tell me we're not done Will you think of me as a distant island? Or will you come with me to the moon? I need a soulmate to hold me and a friend for life. And I'm hoping it 
Another more recent track that I think uh, Jim Cregan was involved as, as obviously as well as yourself was Ordinary People. Yeah. Um, was that a, a bit more of a conscious decision to be a bit more Beatlesque? <laughs> Never thought of it that way. He and um, Robert, bad company, Robert the singer. Did Robert Hart? Yeah, great singer. Jim and Robert wrote the, the song, offered it to me, and um, I had it on my computer on a little icon, do you call it? Yeah. MP3. And uh, I listened to it now and again, and I always loved it. I always thought it had something special about it. Then one day I wrote to them and said, look, I want to write a new section for that song. Will you allow me to do that? And uh, 20% of the song, basically still there as 80%. I want 20% of it if I write this section. Yeah, they said, just let's go for it. Let's hear what you got. Then we would have made that, I think, a really good record of it. Uh, you say Beatlesque, it's weird. We, we, we never knew that. Hmm. Steve Ryan said that to me. I, but we never knew it. I never, never, that's what you mean, strawberry fields. Yeah, yeah I, I only thought of it a, a year, you know, after Steve Wright had said it, now you're saying it. I can always write with Jim. Whenever we get together, we come up with something. Take them for granted No one hears what we say 
just people, ordinary people, stand up and be counted in every way. If we have a little faith, believe there's a future. final track I'd, I'd like to close with is, is your version of Absolute Beginners from yeah. Uncovered. Yeah, it stood out. It was the um, only five minutes of a very mediocre film that uh, stayed with me. And I, I saw Bowie playing it at the BBC um, Theatre in 2002 with um, Slicky, Mike Garson, Gayland. Hmm. Yeah, that band, his, his last great band. And, and Absolute Beginners is in that performance 
and you, you can watch it on YouTube and just think, yeah, come on, there's something magical going on in here. And then recently, uh, last year, I was joined with Mike Garson and I did some shows together in a small theatre in London. And uh, we, we did that, just his piano and me singing. Oh, dear. Oh, Garson's way out there in that special place. An idol of mine, a great idol. It was a massive thrill to work with. Hmm. And uh, we played a, fr a friend for life because he wanted to. And he introduced that to the audience as this very special song he wants to play. I was so touched. But absolute beginners, Mike's piano on those mad chords, and just singing it with him. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a real privilege to, I've had a good life so far. I just want the, the bug has to be contained. Concert's on again, back on the road. That's what I'm missing terribly. Well, thanks so much for your time, Steve. Uh, all the best for out of time. Not that you need it because Uncovered is fabulous. Well, bless you. That's kind of you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Jason. A real pleasure, my friend. Any time. Any time. <laughs> all right, signing off. Thanks a lot. See you. Bye-bye, matey. Stake. As 
long as you're still smiling There's nothing more I need I absolutely love you But we're absolute beginners And my love is your love We're certain to succeed Thank you for listening to the Strange Brew podcast. If you do like the show, please consider a small donation to help keep the show archive online. It's 10 years since I started the podcast and hosting fees are increasing over time. All your support keeps the show running and helps me get amazing guests. To support me, just go to thestrangebrew.co.uk where you'll see a donate button on the homepage. Thank you very much. Plus, any reviews on your podcast services help to spread the word too. Thank you.